0: This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton
1: School, this is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School Sirius XM channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific time, we are live. Right now at eight four four Wharton 9427866. Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the new book Switchers: How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. We have Dream Team in studio, Dion and Michelle, who always make this show so much more fun, and are ready to take your calls right now at eight four four. 942-7866 If it's Thursday, it is always open calls and we want to hear from you on any and all topics but we're super excited today because today we have a great opportunity to do one of those live call in, redo your pitch on the air type thing so if you're a brave soul out there and you've always wanted to call Career Talk Today might be a very fun day to do it. But before that, we're going to go to our quick current news. LinkedIn has released some fascinating numbers about remote work, a fast-growing trend in the workforce. Here are a few. Almost half of professionals work from home at least one day per week. And 82% of professionals would like to work from home at least one day a week or more, with 57% wanting to work from home three days or more. 67% of hiring managers say candidates ask about opportunities to work from home. So what's your situation? Do you work from home and love it? Do you hate it? Are you in a job that's button chair so you can't work from home? If you've got an insight on this, of course, we want to hear from you on Career Talk because it's Thursday noon Eastern and we're live 844-942-7866. But let's get to our topic at hand today. We're super excited to have Brant Pinvitic, award-winning film director, veteran and television producer, C-level sales and presentation coach, keynote speaker, top-rated podcast host, and columnist for Forbes. Holy Hannah, I don't know when you sleep, Brent. He's been named to Hollywood Reporters, 30 Most Powerful Reality TV Sellers, with many successful shows that you have heard of. The Biggest Loser, Bar Rescue, Master Chef, just to name a few, and he is widely recognized as one of the great creative sales leaders in Hollywood. I'm so excited today to talk about his new book, The Three-Minute Rule, which details a system that's helped hundreds, from CEOs to PTA presidents, say less to get more, both personally and professionally. Welcome, Brant.
2: Oh, wow. I am taking you on the road.
1: (laughs) I accept. I accept. Wow. Yeah, well, I have to say, and this is my this is my personal endorsement that, and I know I told you this last week when we spoke, but I started reading this book, and halfway through, I had to stop because I'm like, I have a presentation coming up in Florida, and I'm totally redoing it based on what I'm reading. So I stopped reading the book, and I started doing all of these processes, and I will tell you, the presentation kicked butt this week. So thank you, fantastic, thank you. Thank you. you I know, I already got two funny. offers. Of yeah, I've got two offers to do additional speaking gigs and I'm like, "Hmm, I think I should give Brant a commission <laughs> on that."
2: You know, it's funny cuz early in my sort of like speaking training career, I I started to notice a trend where I'd have all these like half smiling faces and all these disappointment, right? And and I started to talk to people and I realized like most of what I was doing was reminding people of how badly they were doing it in the moment. And they were so distraught. I was like, well, I need to start working on how to fix it and less of like, here's what you're doing wrong. So uh, I had to redo my sort of seminars to make it a little bit easier to follow along so you don't feel <laughs> so, so distraught.
1: But that's that's the great thing about this is, you know, OK, you kind of knock us down to build us up. But but yeah. once you get this process in your book, The Three Minute Rule, it, it actually is simple. And I love that, like, you know, the new phrase I'm connecting to you is simple as the new sexy. So, you know, you could put that on your LinkedIn. Hi, I'm yeah. Brandt. Simple as the new sexy. sexy. <laughs> so um, that's what I love about this book is that it's something that once you kind of go through it once, it's so easy to apply to just about everything in your life, whether you're in a job search uh, pitching your business to a venture capitalist, looking to get a promotion or a raise, or even if you're raising money for a good cause, I mean, it doesn't matter. This this process applies to everything. And the best part about it, aside from creating a pitch that will get people excited about jumping on board with your idea, is that it reduces, in the world, boring presentations. because <laughs> You can't do this and yeah. be boring. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right.
2: if, if I can just make the world a better place. Fine. Yeah slimming down the PowerPoints and making people say a little less so it's not so bad in meetings. I've done my work in this in this life.
1: Yeah, this book is, this book will will definitely do that. Hey, you're just tuning in. We're talking about the three minute rule and this is a brand new book by Brant Pinvidic who you have got to get this book if you have not yet heard of it. I'm excited you're here because we're going to talk about it and we're going to give you some of the insights and tips that can help you in just three minutes get people to buy into to your idea. Do you have a question? Or maybe you're shaping your pitch for your business or for your job search or for networking. We can help you do that right on air. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. If it's Thursday, we're live here on SiriusXM 132. So you've already started talking a little bit, Brant, about what got you inspired to write this book. You, you've set through a lot of pitches. You've seen the light and you've come up with this three-minute rule. Now, anybody who's seeing this is probably, thinking there's no way my business is too complicated. My idea is too complex. There's no way I could just use three minutes and get people to understand it. What's your response to that?
2: Um, well, you'd be surprised. Every single business I work with says the same thing. My business is very complicated. i got a lot of stuff going on. Well, the truth is it's not like it's an elevator pitch. Elevator pitches don't work anymore because people are so skeptical. So really what the three-minute rule does is it gives you that window to give as much valuable information as you possibly can before your, your audience starts making that initial decision-making process. Like once they've gone through the process, they get that yes or no in their head, and then it's really hard to turn it around. And so really what the three-minute rule does is help you get as much information in as possible before they start making that decision. And then you're going to be able to engage because that's really the way decisions are made, business is done. Is like people get the basic idea, they understand how it works for them, they figure out what what the next steps are, and then they decide are they taking meaningful engagement or not. And really, in, in a simplified message, you can get a lot of information in those first three minutes and you're way better off to have engagement after that, that actually sort of has some meaning to it.
1: One of the things in your book that I think really defines this well is the fire alarm attack. Test And this is what I did for my presentation. And, you know, essentially the way I see it, it, it that you wrote about it, if there's a fire alarm after three minutes of your presentation, would people come back to the room? And that, that just blew my mind absolutely. because it's like, uh, no, because um, yeah. <laughs> most of yeah. the first three minutes are like boring. Here's what I'm going to talk about. This yeah. is who I am. Like, I was like, wow, that just mind bl- like mind blowing. Can you tell us well, more I- about that?
2: Yeah, it actually happened to me at MTV. I was pitching a show, and I had the president, I think at the time, was Brian Graydon, and he was in the room, and literally the fire alarm went off. And you know, like, when a fire alarm goes off, most people just sort of sit there and be like, is that a test, or what are we doing? And it was basically like, we have to evacuate. So we went out to the parking lot. There's probably a 1,000 people out there in the parking lot. And then when they cleared to go back in, which didn't take very long, um, Brian decided not to go back into the room. <laughs> he went off to some other meeting or something else he was doing, and I was like, oh, my God. I didn't even get to explain the best part yet. I was leading up to it. I was, I was building up to my big moment, and it wasn't in the first three minutes back then. And he never came back into the room. And so I started to develop that as a system for people to sort of double check their work, where it's like if the fire alarm went off right now, we were in the parking lot, the fire department came and said, you're cleared to go back in the room. Like, Are people going to want to go back in and hear more, discuss more? If they never got to go back in, would they have enough to pitch it to somebody else? Because decision by committee is so real right now in this world that it's not just who you pitch to, it's who they pitch to. And do they have enough to explain it to others? Will they, you know, is, is, Have you done enough by that point? And if the answer is no, if you still have something in your pocket, you are definitely setting yourself up for not being successful.
1: And I think we talk about that a lot in the, the career search as well. If you're not explaining what you do or the value you bring to a company or the, you know, specific expertise you have to somebody who may or may not be familiar with your field in a way that they can communicate it to somebody else and be your ambassador then you you've you've just missed an opportunity because this person might go off and say, oh, yes, I met Brant. He seems like a really energetic, likable guy. Well, what does he do? I don't know. Something with, you know, three minutes. And God knows that could go in a lot of different ways. Um, So this is the whole idea is you've got to create something that captures people's attention and gets the point across in three minutes. And your book seriously, has come up with a very simple process to help you do that with just about anything. Hey, 844-942-7866, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, channel 132. We're going to go right to the phones with Andy in Michigan. Welcome to the show. It's on your mind today, Andy. Hey, Brent.
3: Uh, You can read your book. Question for you. Uh, Some of the best ideas are small, subtle ideas with real legs. How
0: do you find
2: communicating and pitching those sorts of small ideas that don't jump off the page or aren't easy to give a kind of clear synopsis uh,
0: in, a, in a short pitch?
2: Well, I think there's a little bit of a misconception that those small ideas are small ideas, and so you've got to make them big, and you've got to explain a lot. And really, what you got to understand is that you got to respect the knowledge of your audience. Today, people have so much access to information that they will get it. And so the reason why you're excited about your idea has a long history of building information in your brain. This is how you came up with it. This is why you're excited. That's why you're sitting across from me pitching the idea. So the, really the core process of making people understand things is to feed them the information piece by piece so that the value builds. So it's okay that it's a small idea because when, when people get it, they get it. And I, you know, one of the examples I use in the book is a, a client that basically invented and created an app that was Airbnb for horses. So it's, there's nothing revolutionary about it. It's not a huge, complicated thing, but she just laid it out so cleanly when we were done, where it's like people who travel with horses need a place to, to stick them if they have a problem or where they're going, and right now there's no online place that curates that. It's like you get the basic idea right away, and now you start to look for the engagement. So if you have something that's really simple and easy to understand, that's That's really powerful. Clarity is super compelling these days. And if you can get people to understand those first basic elements, then all the sort of the nuances and the complications become exciting, and they sort of look to those things from a place of positivity.
1: And one of the things you talk about in your book, Brant, that, um, Andy, I'm curious if you've tried the telephone test. So in that game when we were young, where you would say a message to somebody and down the line, it gets completely skewed until the end where it doesn't sound anything like the first person. And Andy, are people getting your idea? Are you are they able to repeat it back to you?
2: Oh, I think so. I think it's just that um, I think on the buy side, people want big, explosive ideas. and And I think that it's very hard to communicate subtle, very good ideas that may be around for a long time.
1: So do you want to try on air, Brant, do, do you want to, can we give him a free session on air? Can you communicate and we can, can critique? At any time. You... And
2: I like what you're saying, and big, uh, big ideas uh. are exciting and the big explosive ideas, And I think what happens is people want to bring out the big explosive part of their pitch way too early. And until people understand the basic elements, the big, explosive, sort of mind-boggling, going to change the game element of it, is you can't assess value to it, right? It's like you got to let that build a little bit. And that's one of the things I teach a lot in the book is like, don't open with the hook. Don't open with... The best part of of what it is, because people won't believe you; they'll, they'll be doubtful. You want to lead your audience with the information that leads up to that big moment, and then your audience will start to see the big side of the out, sort of the outrageousness of the idea and the big potential.
1: I want to I want to tag into that, Brand, because you've got a phenomenal example in your book about that, and and we talked about just a minute ago how you want people to come back after the fire alarm test, even if they have only heard three minutes of your presentation which I think would lead a lot of people to believe, well, that must mean I have to, to put my hook and my, my best information or give this wild promise about this is going to change your life. But in your book, you talk about why the exact opposite is true using Katy Perry as an example. Can you share that with our listeners?
2: Yeah, it, it is. You know, you think about it, the skepticism that we're all dealt with. And I always use the example, like how many clickbait links have you clicked on on YouTube or whatnot, to the point now you realize you don't believe anything that's out there in a, in a video anymore. And it's because we're so skeptical. And if you start with a grand conclusion, your audience is going to be looking to back like, to, to detract from it, and then you're trying to back it up, and it turns this sort of, it makes doubt the, the main piece of it. And so, like I say with Katy Perry, I have this great example where I put this on a slide on the screen, I say Katy Perry is one of the greatest female artists in the history of music. And every time people give me this groan and this look, and they're sort of like, I'm like, wait, you, you don't agree with this? And I'll go through and find some of the audience, and they're like, you're crazy. And then I'll say, okay, well, let me try this a little bit different, and then I'll go through piece by piece the fact that she has more Guinness Book World Records than anybody else. She's had 18 number one hits in a row. And, like, you lay out her accomplishments, and by the end of laying that out, you're like, oh, wow. I almost don't have to say it, because now you're feeling the idea that it's like, wow, she's, like, one of the greatest performers in history. And that becomes the lay of the way you lay out information and, and movies and tv and us in hollywood we do that so well which is build to the big moment and let you feel like your idea is my idea like you're getting there as well and I, I did that with bar rescue when we sold that was john taffer is a big amazing gordon ramsay-esque character for bars and restaurants but i didn't go into the meeting saying hey uh gordon you know John Taffer is the next Gordon Ramsay. Like, I didn't say that at the beginning of the meeting. Like, I think it's true. That's really what he's become. But the audience, my network buyers would have been like, oh, geez, here we go right away. I basically laid out the elements of the show, how it works. I showed clips of John and built to the moment where the president of the network was like, so he could be our Gordon Ramsay for bars and restaurants. And that is so much more powerful to lead your audience piece by piece with that information, you know, instead of stating and proving I I teach my clients to inform and lead.
1: Yep, first thought when somebody makes a grand statement is prove it. And now you're in the mode of of defensiveness whereas your method in the 3-minute rule Brant really shows people how to get that person to come to that conclusion on their own which is way more powerful in um in everything you do where there's a pitch. Hey, I think we lost Andy, but we're going to go right back to the phones here on Career Talk with Chris in Texas. Chris, welcome to the show. What's your question for Brant?
4: Uh, thank you, Don. And Hi, Brand. I'm a big fan of the hey, three-minute rule. And I, I have a question that kind of ties in with what you were just talking about because I'm, I'm really curious about um, hype and the way you talk about rationalizations in the three-minute rule. I, I love this. Um, but, you know, in, in Hollywood, i, I got to imagine you're, there's a certain element of hype, isn't there? And, and I mean, how do, you, how, do you, how do you weigh that out? I mean, where does hype play a role in, in the pitch and in the three-minute rule?
2: Well, and that's a little bit of how I've struggled a little bit at the beginning of my career. is because as a Hollywood guy, people assume that we are all, hey, let's do lunch and hype, hype stuff. That's all we do, which is, ironically, it's the actual total opposite. Hollywood as a business is very sophisticated, and it's very straight-laced. And I remember right in the very – early in my career, I was in a meeting at CBS, and, you know, Simon Cowell walked out of the pitch – Room before me, I was going to be following Simon Cowell, and I was like, "Oh man, this sucks." But what I realized was, that right behind me, walked in Mark Burnett, and so I'm wedged into this meeting between Simon Cowell and Mark Burnett, thinking like, "What on earth is the network president going to be interested to hear from me, a junior producer? I can't impress them with anything that I do or say. There's no sort of like pointing and clicking and winking. Nothing is going to help at all." So I was so overwhelmed by almost like dread and nervousness that I just was like, "I got to just pitch this idea." as cleanly and clearly as possible, no extra words, and just get in and get out. And that meeting was maybe 12 minutes long and sold the show. And I was like, wow, that worked really well. And when it comes to the business of Hollywood, we've heard it all, we've seen it all, we've done it all. We're not impressed with anything. We just want to get the information. And what you're finding is, out in the world today, every other buyer is the same way. It's like, I get it, I get it. Can you just tell me what it is, how it works, and and how we're going to do it? Like That's really what they want. And the hype and the flair... Has almost an, a negative effect now in the marketplace.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris, do you have a business you're trying to sell or an idea you're trying to sell?
2: Oh, <laughs> Dr. Graham, you're making me
4: nervous. I'm sorry.
1: Now. I'm sorry. I know. I think that's why Andy <laughs> hung up too. I don't. I, you don't have to do it on air. I promise. I'm just. I'm just trying to get it out there to the world. You know, you're on. You're on national radio. So here you go.
4: Well, I appreciate. <laughs> and I appreciate the chance to to, to talk with Brand. I mean, I've been a longtime fan. I lo- I love the movie. Why I'm not on Facebook, but I think this. I think this book is really killing it, and, and I'm also a fan of Switchers, too. Oh, so. well,
1: thank you, Chris. <laughs> I
4: you. But, yeah, I don't have a business I'm trying to pitch. I just wanted to hear what, how Brant weighs that, that idea of height. because, I mean, if, if I can have a follow-up question, I mean, do, do you have to have a certain, a, a certain personality type to, to be effective in pitching? I mean, is the three-minute rule, does it work better for certain personalities versus others? I mean, what if, what if somebody's kind of introverted or kind of shy? Can it still work for them?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, um, and I get that a lot when I'll go work with a company. They think that really what I what they want me to do is work on their presentation skills on a personal level. And really today, it's like none of those things really matter. It's the information is the core of the value. And like I say, simplicity is sexy. So even if you don't have the right tie on, even if you're not super passionate, it, an extroverted person, People are okay with that because they're really looking for the core of the information. And In fact, some of the biotech guys or the oil and gas guys I work with who, no offense to those industries, but tend to be a little less dynamic in the personality department, yeah. they actually yeah, true. tend to do almost better because it's, it pulls out all the nervous energy out of them. And they're like, oh, so you mean I really only have to explain what it is? And how I do it and why it's going to be great. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to come up with jokes. I don't have to try to wordsmith We're not neuro-linguistic programming. And it's like, no, you know, if you stick to just the core of the information, and what happens is they actually become more confident. You actually feel and see the confidence that people come out when they're like only focused on the, on the elements of the presentation or the pitch or whatever they're communicating that is really valuable. They believe it more. When you believe it more and you're more comfortable with it, it actually comes across as more confident.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that quiet confidence that that yeah. I think totally works. Chris, thank you so much for giving us a call here on Career Talk. Uh, hey! You want to talk to Brant? Well, he is here all hour long, and we're talking about his new book, The Three Minute Rule. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. This is Career Talk Series XM, channel 132, and you can reach us all hour at 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. Let's stick to the phones with Sean in California. Sean, welcome to Career Talk. What would you like to ask Brant today?
2: Oh, thank you. Hi, Brant. Hey, Sean. Hi, uh, big fan of why I'm not on Facebook. Uh, your chattering was pretty amazing. Um, so my my question for you is: you you've had a really great career in television. What was what was the the uh, inspiration for you to, to do the three minute rule and and to put your knowledge out there the way you have? Um, well, TV is a very difficult business and sometimes a little thankless and i had one client i tell the story quite a bit i tell the story in the book but I had, I had one client where i first worked with him helping their pitch and presentation and it was a oil and gas company He left his voicemail on my phone and he basically just said you changed my life like i've, I've always hated going out in front of people i hated doing these road shows for investors now i'm excited stocks up I'll, you know it'll never be the same and i was just like whoa like i never heard that from a network president or anybody in my business and as a guy with a bit of an ego and likes to be important, all of a sudden it's like I was getting addicted to the idea that I could help people sort of simplify their message. And at first I thought it was like, oh, I'm only gonna be able to work with you know, big companies and, and public companies with fancy biotech stuff that really understand. But as I started working with my wife's friend, PTA president or plumbing contractor friend of mine, I realized I was using the same exact methods and the same process. And that's when I sort of came to the book conclusion where it's like, I think I could put this in a way that anybody could follow and anybody could see how to build a pitch or presentation or even just communicate clearly with other people um, and follow along in the book. And it seems like it's worked pretty well so far. So I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Yeah. One of the things that when I read the subtitle, uh, Say Less to Get More, the first thing I thought, Brant, was It takes a lot more time to say less than it does to say more. So this is going to be a really drawn out process and it's just going to take so much time. Of course, that was totally wiped off the table. But can you share with people, you know, just some of the core, core aspects that make this process really quick? And one of them that's popping out to me that works so well for me was just the post-its, post-it notes (laughs) that totally changed everything.
2: Yeah, and it's funny because it's so tactile and so old school, right? Like, I literally bring a, a package of Post-it notes and a marker, and it's like, okay, like, tell me what your company does. Tell me what your business is, what your service is. How does it work? Like, tell me the basics in one or two words, and just let's see it come to life. And so when you write just down the one or two words that explain something, you know, like Sirius XM, Warden School Business, Live radio show. Like if you just lay out all those pieces, you start to see some of the value, and you can move them around physically. And there's no substitute for that on a screen, right? And what I find is like the people I work with, in the companies, they see their their the value of what they do come to life right in front of them in yellow post-it notes. And I have a great exercise I do with clients where I'll I'll actually give them 25 bullet points on a TV show that I that I created years ago. And I'll be like, pitch me this TV show. And you're talking about people who've never worked in television before, and they can read 25 bullet points and pitch me the show as good as I pitch the show because it's just the core pieces of the information. And I literally have to do this myself because its I make the joke. It's taken me 20 years to learn how to say things in three minutes. But it's true because when you when you know your information so well, when you live with it, when it becomes part of you, it's very hard to filter what you want to say – from what needs to be said. And once you start to lay it out in those simple bullet points, you can actually start to see, okay, this is a, an important one. This is just sort of word talk. And I had to do it even for my own book. I had to go back through for the intro because I needed to get that intro down to four pages. And like, I couldn't do it on my own because I, was, I, had, I loved the intro that I wrote. And it was nine pages. So I had to literally put post-it notes on my wall. Here's the intro. Here's how it works. Here's the value. Here's what's going on. Here's the whack method. I went through the whole thing just to get my own intro done. So the simplicity of that and taking it back to the beginning really has some
1: value. Yeah, I will say I did that for my presentation this week. It maybe maybe took me 20 minutes to get the ideas on paper to rearrange them and to get rid of the ones that were overlap and there bam, there was my presentation outlined. It was so clear so cool. after and so easy. So easy. Sean, thank you so much for giving us a call here on Career Talk Hey, I'm your host Dr. Don Graham. If you're not following me on Twitter or you have a question, you can just tweet at Dr. Don Graham, and we're so excited to have Brant Pinvidic with us today with his new book, The Three-Minute Rule. So whether you're in a job search, networking, lobbying for a raise, or promotion, presenting for the first time to colleagues, it doesn't matter. This process will not only help you to get your thoughts aligned, but will make your presentation so much more impactful. Hey, you want to practice your pitch live on air? We have a Hollywood producer and director ready to give you feedback all our Long here on career talk 844 Wharton 844-942-7866 and we're going to go to Celeste in California welcome to the show Celeste what's your question for Brandt?
0: Hi Brandt super excited about the three minute rule I cannot wait to use it I do not want to practice my pitch on air.
1: Okay (laughs) fair enough fair enough thank you and you don't have to it is not a requirement and I will not ask you Celeste.
0: But I do want to know what is the ideal spot in those three
1: minutes for the hook? Ooh, good question. Um, and maybe you should talk about what the hook is, Brant, so that people... Yeah, and I've been
2: doing that la- a lot online um, for my followers and stuff. We do a lot of exercises. So the hook is really what is the best part of your... Page. What's the piece that if everybody understood it, they'd absolutely want it? And like I said, with Bar Rescue, it was John is going to be the next Gordon Ramsay. And so what I... Like I explained earlier, the hook really comes in a, right around that minute and a half, two-minute mark as you've led your audience to kind of understand what that hook's gonna be before you get to it. And if it's like if you if you liken it to the way a movie works, you want the main character to do the big pinnacle moment before we even get there. If you're looking like my favorite movie, Shawshank Redemption, like you want him to escape before you even see the fact of how he does it. It's not like it comes out of the blue, like you're rooting for him. When Rocky gets knocked down to the canvas the last time, you're rooting for him to get up. It's your idea by that time. And that's really how Hollywood storytelling has sort of mastered the way of keeping your attention for three hours watching Titanic when you know the boat sinks, because storytelling will lead you along piece by piece. And your, your pitch should mimic that a little bit, where you're leading people piece by piece to come to what you think is the hook, what's the best part of it, what's the piece that would make them absolutely understand or want it. So I always try to push that into almost that two-minute mark, if you can, where you lead people to that moment where they're like, oh, my God, I get it. And there's this moment of agreement where you'll see, like, you've done it right because they're thinking the same thing you're thinking.
1: So, Celeste, I'm not going to make you do your pitch on air, but do you have a question specific to uh, a presentation you're trying to put together right now? No, I have a bunch of presentations that I'm working on, but I just think it's such a great idea. I always feel like I
0: want to lead with the hook. And then no one really gets it, and then I feel like I'm just explaining myself for the rest of the time. So this is great. Like, I, I'm okay. I'm very excited about this. I'm gonna yeah, try
2: it. It's it's a little bit like the way we've been taught the elevator pitch, right? Which is like you basically tell somebody, you know, I have a new accounting software program that's gonna save you forty percent on all your accounting needs. And it's like our our world. We were taught that that's sort of like, oh, your audience is gonna lean in and be like, ooh, hey, tell me more. And today it's kind of like uh, they lean back. And they go like, oh, God, really? Like, and then they just won't believe you, and that's the problem. Whereas if you can explain it piece by piece, you might get your audience to be like, oh, wow, I could save like 40% of my account. Or this could save me a ton of money or whatever it is, the hook of your presentation you want. And it's important to have, sort of have enough belief in it that you'll get your audience there. I mean, you got, you got to the point in your presentation where you believe it. You should be able to get your audience there as well.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us a call Celeste here on Career Talk. Hey, we're so excited to have Brant here. All hour long so if you've got a question you can reach us if it's thursday noon eastern 9 a.m pacific brant will be here talking about his three-minute rule and if you've got a question or you'd like to do a pitch on air we haven't yet got a taker on that um so we might have to make dion do it uh you can give us a call at 844 wharton 844-942-7866 i'm your host dr don graham you're listening to career talk on sirius xm channel 132 and right now we have to go to our pre-break quiz Quiz. There's a quiz? So, most people have heard of Viagra and are aware of its primary use. But you may not know its benefits and usefulness in this common household hobby. What else can you use Viagra for? Dion's cracking up. Dion, I I thought I'd ask a, a, a male focus question instead of all those clothing questions I've been asking. Uh, okay. okay. Hey, if you think you know or you just want to help Dion out of a tough spot, you can give us a call at 844-WARTON, 942 Most people know Viagra's primary uses, but it actually has some other uses in the household that are very helpful. Give us a call on Career Talk. You're listening to Sirius XM 132, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk
0: on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand.
1: Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dream Team in studio today. Take your calls live if it's Thursday noon Eastern, 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. And we are super excited today to have an award winning director, veteran television producer, C level sales and presentations coach, keynote speaker, top rated podcast host, and Ford. Forbes columnist, and also the author of the fantastic new book, The Three-Minute Rule. Brant Pinvidic is here all hour taking your calls at 844-942-7866. And Brant, if people want to know more about you after the show, where can they reach you?
2: Um, You can go to the website, 3minuterule.com, and there's lots of connections. And I'm on all those social media things at Brant Pinvidic, so very easy to find. Love chatting with people, like helping people with their ideas and their pitches and what they're looking at. And so, um, always happy to help.
1: Fantastic. Hey, we are going to go right back to the phones here on Career Talk because I know we've had a lot of people who are patiently waiting. So, we're going to go to Roger in California. Roger, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today?
2: Ah, uh, yes, yeah, thanks. Um, I'm wondering, Brent, if you could tell me ab- about your worst pitch ever and Was it because it went on too long? What what did you learn from your worst pitch? The worst pitch was three minutes and ten seconds, and those extra ten seconds ruined
1: everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
2: kidding. Um, the, The worst pitch I ever did was at CBS with a very difficult executive named Gen Maynard, who he prided himself on giving you zero reaction. And that was sort of the litmus test is that if he didn't like the pitch, you would never know other than he'd say, great, got it, thank you, and that's it, the meeting would be over. And so one time I was doing, I think it was a, some sort of gambling pitch out of set in Las Vegas that I was going to do, and I had a special game at the end that required a deck of cards and to play a certain game, the final moment, I had rigged the cards precisely so that Gen and I would play this final game and it would be so exciting the back and the forth who was going to win. And it would really illustrate how this, was going to work. And while I was pitching the show, I was kind of nervous, and nothing was working, and he wasn't giving any reactions, and so I was bouncing all over the place, and I couldn't... It wasn't getting my idea straight. Now, at the time, it wasn't unlike myself to sort of, like, babble a little bit, but that seemed normal, but because of my nervousness and the way I was talking, I actually inadvertently started shuffling the cards out of just sort of nervous habit. And in the pitch, I kind of realized, oh, my God, I just shuffled these cards, and now... It's going to be screwed. And so that made my pitch worse. But when we finally got to the end game, and I was like, hey, watch how we play this end game. And the cards were completely shuffled. And when we played it, it was, of course, the worst version where, like, I had the winning hand the entire time. There was no back and forth. And he just basically said, okay, got it. Thanks, guys. And the meeting was over. And I just remember from that moment, like, that's it. I'm never going into a pitch where I could screw up ever again. I'm going to have it laid out so cleanly. And so crisply that I could just explain the idea, and I won't accidentally shuffle cards or do anything that will derail it at, at all, any way, shape, or form. And it started to help me develop that system where I just started to be really simple because I couldn't memorize everything, so I just went point by point usually in an idea. And that's how it sort of brought me through. That was definitely my worst pitch.
1: Yeah, I think to that point, Brant, and and, um, Roger, great question around this, is that we're we're constantly improving, and the best way to figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work is to try it, and that often means screwing up, and sometimes that means screwing up in pretty important situations, so I know people are always saying I don't want to present, I got to practice and and all those things are true. You do have to practice, you do have to organize, you do have to but you're going to probably not be 100% happy with the end result and you're going to learn from that and you're going to take it to the next time and you're going to improve on that. So constantly know that we are all improving. This is a great process to start your structure because what I think it does is it takes all of that fluff that tends to make us screw up, like all of the hoopla and, and, you know, jazzy videos and dance numbers and all the other stuff. And it's just like, you don't need that. You don't need no, it. Oh, you don't. You, you're, I love the saying that your mother used, which is, are you putting red lipstick on it? Because what does that mean? Because I think this is when a lot a lot of us get screwed up here.
2: And, and I tell you, I get this all the time. So my mom is a very high level coach and adjudicator and former president of the Sweet Adelines organization. They're a giant group of, of women barbershop cor- um, choruses. So very much like the movie Pitch Perfect, but, you know, adults and way bigger. And so my mom is one of those, like, people that comes and coaches these huge choruses. You're talking about 150 women singing, and they would always, you know, when they want to move up into the final echelon of the top women choruses, She would have them come in, and they always wanted some sort of trick. Hey, what if we change the way our dance steps work, or how we change our outfits, or what if we change the lipstick that we use, or the the makeup? And she would say, no, what you need is more resonance in your vocals. And the problem is that's really hard to do at a chorus at that level. That takes a ton of work. And people are sort of like, well, no, I kind of want a shortcut. Like They want to talk about the sequence. And she's like, when you get your vocals to the absolute perfection that they can be, then the sequence matters. And it's the same thing for a presentation. And I tell people the same thing, like, your tie doesn't matter. Your slides, I mean, the PowerPoint stuff that people do is so crazy, where I'll, I'll see a company that has spent thousands and thousands of dollars on graphically engineering these beautiful transitions and these amazing slides, and their information is an absolute bungled mess. And I have never seen it the other way around where someone's got their information so beautiful and perfect and simple, but they've got ugly slides. It doesn't work like that.
0: People are like, let's
2: make it look pretty. Let's dial it up. Let's put on red lipstick, and that'll cover up some of the issues. And it's like it doesn't cover the issues anymore. Nobody's impressed with fonts. Nobody's impressed with transitions. Nobody cares about how pretty your slides are. They just want information. So sometimes that's harder to deal with because you've been trying it for so long and you can't quite get it right. So you're like, well, how do I – how do i make a little flare or like polish it up a bit cuz i can't do it and i used to do this all the time in tv when i couldn't come up with the right challenges or i couldn't figure out how to cast it instead of actually dealing with the flaw in the show i would try to make the pitch or presentation more dynamic and and exciting and then of course that's great except for somebody would ask like well what's an example of an actual challenge we might do in the show it's like oh i don't really have one you know and that's that's the same thing like you've got to deal with the core of the information
1: yeah, well said. Well said, Brant. Hey, Roger, thank you so much for the call. If you'd like to talk to Brant, you got a question about the three-minute rule, of course, every Thursday it's open call here on Career Talk. We want to hear from you, 844 Wharton 844 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Kathy in New Jersey. Welcome to Career Talk, Kathy. What's on your mind today? Hi,
3: thanks for having me. Um, I understand that you were
1: looking for somebody to try a pitch. Ooh, are you willing to do see? Take, it's a Jersey girl thing. See, I know I'm a Jersey girl. Here's here's here we go. Here we go. Yeah, we'd love to. So so Kathy, um, so Brent, how do you want to do this? What's the easiest way for you to, to kind of coach Kathy through this on air?
2: Uh, basically, I would just say like, tell me what it is you do. Like, tell me tell me the details in your words.
3: Okay, um, I started out as an event planner, and I am uh, now started another business that's dedicated to sandals and beaches resort travel. Um,
2: right.
3: So that that's that's
2: that's the pitch. So you so you have an event planning background, yeah. And now you're doing like a travel club that basically focuses on sandals resorts.
3: More like a travel agent. Um, for sandals and beaches resorts I came I started at a corporate background um, left a corporate job after 15 years to go out and start my own event planning business um, I've been doing that for 15 years uh, and now I'm starting to transition to the sandals and beaches travel
2: got it so here's an this is an interesting world to be in um, in general because you're in a high competitive environment right and I, and I get a lot of these yes. I just work with a with a company that does timeshares and they're trying to figure out how to pitch timeshares because timeshares traditionally have been like hey sign now otherwise this deal's going away we need to get you excited. So you're in a you're exactly. in a world that's like I want to compare prices, I want to know what the other resorts are offering, why would I choose you? Like that's going to be your biggest issue, right? That's going to be the elephant in the room is why would I choose you? Why would I go to Sandals? I'm, I'm going to go online Expedia and check every other detail, right? So that's the first key piece of information I would look at in that world is where's your competitive advantage and know that your audience is going to research and check this out. So I would go to the core value that you're going to offer besides what everything else. And is it, is it a price difference that you offer that's different? Is it the service that you offer? What's the core value that you would say that makes what you do different than anybody else? really
3: good? It's going um, to be the service. Um, Sandals and Beaches Resorts does not allow um, any discounts. However, there are um, businesses like Delta Vacations or United Vacations that will discount a package, but they're not discounting the resort. They're discounting the airfare. So obviously, I can't compete with that. But right. what I can compete with, with is on service. So I have been to every resort. I have stayed at most of them. So I can narrow down your choices based on your criteria. What is it you want to do? What is it you're looking for? Is distance from the airport a consideration?
2: So all of those different factors, I can do that. Are you ready? Here's, here's Here's what your piece is. Are you ready? You are basically the Amazon review for resorts, okay? That's the way we all shop now, right? We go to Amazon, we want to see the reviews. I don't know anybody else, but I can't buy anything unless I see some stars and read some reviews. So the fact that you've personally been to these resorts, it's like your own personal concierge recommendation. And today in the world of people promising you everything, trying to Google something to find out true information is almost impossible the very best thing you offer right now, your core is, I've been there, I can give you personal details. That in the travel world is, is going to set you apart and it's going to make you stand out from all the other crap that you're going through. Because I can tell you right now, if I was trying to find a resort in Jamaica, I would have no idea what's real because I. everywhere you go, every resort is the best. Everybody's got reviews. Everybody's saying everything. There's There's no way to separate it. The only thing that could possibly separate it for me is if one of my friends had been there. And what would be even better if I had a friend that went to six different resorts in Jamaica and could say, this is my favorite. You're basically offering a service where you can say, I've been to these places, this is my best. It's almost like a personal recommendation service. That separates you apart. And somewhere in your hook or your line is the idea that you're like the Amazon reviews for resorts for sandals.
1: Ooh, I like it, Kathy. I like that. if I heard that,
2: I'd almost be like, "Okay, I think I want to talk to you about my next vacation because I work with sandals as well." So it's like, "Okay, I might want to get you in person."
3: Awesome! I wish you guys could see my face right now because I have got this big smile because when you said about the personal travel concierge, that's the actual yeah. part of my email signature.
2: Yeah, I love that. And it's that's, not that you just—it's yeah. not that you can get stuff done for you. It's like it's the fact that you know it personally. You're giving me your personal recommendation like a friend would—that's been there. And like today yeah. in a shopping world, and that is a huge, huge advantage. People are desperate for that. They're looking for that.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Kathy, you brave soul. You just, you just got, I don't know, thousands of dollars of consulting right there on air. I'm
2: sending a bill. I'm going to some books for that. <laughs> that requires some pre-order books right now. Go to Amazon.
1: Yeah, go to Amazon. Get the three-minute rule. Yeah, Brand, right. Brand, Brand Because this book, I mean, we just did it in literally 30 seconds on air. So yeah. if you could do that in 30 seconds, imagine what would happen if you take a few minutes to read this book and start doing it. I got halfway through and I totally changed my presentation. Nailed it. Thank you, Brand. Hey, Kathy, thank you so much for calling us on Career Talk and, of course, for being a brave soul and doing your pitch on air. We're here with Brant and talking about his new book, The Three-Minute Rule, which is awesome. And here's the thing that I think is so important. It is simple. It is simple. You will read this book and you will say, holy Hannah, I can't believe I haven't been doing this for years. And you'll probably feel a little bit bad about yourself because you'll think about your last few presentations and go, oh man. But then from here on out, you've got this. You've got this. 844 Wharton 844 942 7866 Dion. Odeon, oh, Odeon. Oh, yes. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's get this over with. Um, <laughs> let's <laughs> Most people have heard of Viagra and are aware of its primary use, but you may not know its benefits and usefulness in this common household hobby.
0: So it's a oh, hobby. Well, I,
1: I couldn't really think of a word. It was that that word I <sighs> Hobby, mm. pastime—I mean, it wasn't really coming to me.
0: Okay, then that—that that means my answer is wrong. No, because I, I was thinking like household chore. Yeah, like yeah, eh. 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 possible. I don't know. See, my idea was because we're because we're we're uh, uh, talking about a pill, right?
1: <laughs> Viagra is a pill, it, right? It, it is. Congrats, so, Dion. You don't know <laughs> what Viagra is. Yep, yep.
2: So, if you dissolve it in water,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you can clean windows with it.
1: You know, um, that might be true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never tried it, but but you're kind of mm. like fifty percent there. So Michelle, you got a big hint because because fifty percent there. Well, I was gonna say it's a pill. It raises your heart rate, so I'm guessing you're gonna have more energy. So I'm thinking it it yes. helps you clean your house. What is this with cleaning your house? <laughs> is this somebody's hobby? Do what people have a hobby of need cleaning your house? What else to do
0: with a pill? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, well you this can blow your mind. Just wait. Um <laughs> Viagra not only helped helps males, but also extends the lifespan of cut flowers and other perishables. Researchers discovered that just one milligram, compared to the 50 usually taken by men, dissolved in a vase of water could make flowers stand up straight for a week longer than they would normally. Wow. (laughs) Viagra was also tested on strawberries, legumes, broccoli, and other perishables, and were found to have the same results. So, um, Dion's, I don't know if you're crying or laughing, but, um, hey, you know, this is good information. you know how yes. expensive <laughs> yes, flowers are and how quickly they die?
2: Yes. <laughs> Do you? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who knew? All right. All right. We're going to go back to the phones. We're here on Career Talk. You're listening to exam 132. I-, I think that's going to help somebody today, Dion. I'm just saying. Uh, Lisa in Florida, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, my name is Lisa Lefever,
0: and I am in the cannabis and hemp space. Um, I live in both Colorado and Florida, and I'm pretty excited uh, that after five years of being in the business, three years of growing uh, dispensaries and so forth, I'm ready to launch um, a product line called Comfort by Two Sisters. And I'm formerly in the medical um, arena as well as education and entrepreneur Spaces, So um, I'm kind of blending all the pieces of uh, my experience um, to bring together um, connections. And it's actually women I've met in the industry, um, being medical, business and um, cannabis space. So developing products for solutions uh, in pain and sleep, natural solutions based on organic plants is what I'm looking to do. Um, what's important to me is that I blend um, a trust, create a trusted brand um, with the brand personality of trust, art, and education. So that's where I am, and I'm about to launch at our dispensaries within the next four weeks. So I love this this opportunity to tap into um, pitches and also um, the opportunity to have clarity because there's so much education required behind these products. So
1: yeah, That's yeah. So the for. question is, how can you explain cannabis and its benefits in three minutes, and your company, and, and all of that? So you actually did, a, you know, a great job of giving us a lot of details in your opening, Lisa. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna have Brant jump in and you know do his magic for for, yeah, for the pitch. Easy one
2: because I I actually do. Uh, I just did a big keynote for the cannabis industry, and I do some lobbying training for them on how to. Own the narrative and the story of how cannabis is going to end up finding their way to federal legalization. So I know the world really well. The key that you have to deal with, and even listening to you explain it, it's like somewhere in there is the idea that what you're talking about is sort of marijuana for medicinal use. And I think what the biggest piece that you want to explain is that there has been research already done. There are anecdotal evidence that it helps with sleep, that it helps with pain. And that you've taken those pieces and formulated a product that will help based on a natural evolution of this product. So really, it's it's just a much linear way of explaining it, whereas it's, it's, it's cannabis-based, but it's for medical use. Because really what the cannabis industry has been fighting over the last few years is it had a really big opening when Sanjay Gupta and CNN did this great piece on Charlotte and the girl with all the seizures. And it really show that it could be a medical piece, but then the entire industry went to the stoner cards that people went, had glaucoma. Everybody in the world all of a sudden grew glaucoma and was getting these medical cards to go get their, their weed and get high, and so what you need to do if you have a real product that's focused on the medical side of it, that needs to be part of your opening, and what I call the reason for being is that there is actual, a ton of research, a ton of anecdotal evidence that the cannabis space in the in the medical world has real advantages and and performs really well and you have developed a product based on that research and i think those are the first two things i would get from what i, what I hear from you is and that's the product you would develop and here's what the product is for and here's how it works and just those core pieces and then people will understand that you got to understand like, like people know this world now they're they they understand the way cannabis Industry is is evolving, and there's the stuff that gets you high, and the stuff that fixes fixes you medically. But nobody understands the difference between the two. So I think that that's where I would focus: is what is the difference between what you have and what I can go to the bud tender. At the local dispensary, and he's going to give me purple nurple or whatever, right? And that, I think yeah. that really yeah. would help you.
1: Fantastic! <laughs> Thank you I, so I much, Brant. We really appreciate that um, you calling, Lisa. And we wish you all the best with your business. And I knew this hour flies by and goes so so quickly. Um, so I didn't even get a chance to ask you, Brant, like how, how you know what's my what's my uh, Amazon for sandals for career talks. So you, you might have to you might have to tweet me off air on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> what 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 is our our three minute rule. Um, your book is amazing, The Three Minute Rule. If you're just tuning in and you've missed our hour with Brant Pivitic, you can get his book on Amazon and many other booksellers, but you can also listen to a replay of this show. We're pretty much on every day on Sirius XM 132 at different times. You can find that on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. We'll, we'll post those times. But one last time, Brant, where can people reach you if they want more information about the work you do on your book?
2: Easy to find me, the3minitrule.com, and any of the social media platforms at Brant
1: fantastic. And just for those of you um, who have not yet heard of this amazing person, it's P-I-N-V-I-D-I-C. And we will, of course, put that on our Twitter. Brant, thank you so much for being here, but even more so, thank you so much for writing this book. I think this is going to change the way we all do presentations for the better. Of course, Michelle and Dion, you always make this show fun. And all of our callers and listeners on Career Talk, we are here for you live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9am Pacific, taking your calls on any in all career topics so hey if you're just tuning in you can check out the show also on iTunes and Google Play we always put it out there for you and this is Dr. Don Graham host of Career Talk every Thursday on channel 132 Sirius XM we'll see you next time for more insight from Business Radio please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu